0: Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so delighted you're here with us today because we have a very special guest with us. Today we have Dr. Andrea Shikarian. She is a chiropractor, hypnotherapist, and spiritual healer. And today she's here to talk to us about past lives and soulmates, and also angel numbers. These are all things she's very passionate about. And you know that I'm passionate about these things too. So I cannot wait to jump in and find out what she has learned about all of these things. So I wanna thank you so much
1: for being here with us today, Andrea. Thank you for having me, Melissa, I'm excited.
0: I'm excited too. I really love talking about past lives and angel numbers because I truly believe in those things very heavily. And I can't wait to hear your take on those things. But before we get started, I would love for you just to tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into, because I know you're a chiropractor, how did you get into past lives and angel numbers?
1: Okay, great. So yes, I am a chiropractor. I um, have been a chiropractor for 20 years. I knew when I was young that I wanted to go into the healing arts profession. I wasn't exactly sure until I got older what that was going to look like, but it ended up that I chose chiropractic as my um, my profession and my way to break into the healing uh, arena. Okay. Um, as far as I'm- how I transitioned my practice over the years into acclimating more of a body, mind, spirit approach. I knew that the chiropractic was addressing the structural component, but I would see my patients come in with chronic pain that after treating them consecutively and conservatively with chiropractic care, just weren't getting the relief that they needed. And they would, you know, when you come in to get an adjustment, it's all, it's a lot like going to the hairdresser, people like to tell you things, right? They're laying on this table and they like to confess things to you because it feels (laughs) cathartic while they're having this, you know, face down moment. Um, And people would start telling me things. And I just got to the point to where I could make the correlation that a lot of what they are experiencing emotionally is contributing to their physical pain. So I began studying more modalities that incorporated... The way to address the emotional and spiritual even components um and so that's one of the reasons why i got certified in hypnotherapy was to help people overcome limited beliefs and i also before that um, i was always someone who used muscle testing which is something that a lot of chiropractors use in their practice to read the body it's um if you're not familiar with it it's it's a type of kinesiology that utilizes the nervous system and its um, connection to muscles to to basically determine whether the body is reading something as beneficial or not beneficial. Um, And so I used muscle testing to develop a technique to uh, go into the chakra system and find the blocks within the chakra system and then ask the body, is this something that is coming from their past or their current Issues they're dealing with, or a worry or concern about the future, and from there it it takes me on their timeline, and and we address whatever comes up, whatever age comes up, if it's from the past, um, whatever emotion comes through. So I'm really becoming at that point, I become sort of an open vessel for spirit to work through me, and to give me the right questions to ask them and see what their body, how their body responds with the muscle testing. So I found a way to release the patterns that were coming up and that, um, and it seemed to really help my clients that were having a hard time overcoming some of their physical pains by addressing that on the emotional level. Uh, so, and then I became certified in um, angel card readings and mediumship through Charles Virtue Doreen, Virtue's son. And I was also doing some of that in my practice, helping people you know who had questions and wanted spiritual guidance in that regard. So it just became a way to utilize the whole mind, body, spirit approach to help people.
0: Well, oh, you've had an interesting <laughs> journey. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite interesting too. That you took the mediumship class through Doreen Virtue's son, um, because mm-hmm. that has a whole new story too. Like she's taken a different path.
1: Absolutely. Through, yeah, yeah. I found her. I found her early on when I was in my late 20s and she's the one that I studied a lot about angels that's what drew me to Doreen was because I'd had experiences with angels and I wanted more information and knowledge on that and her books seemed to really draw me in and you know I learned a lot about angels and and even past lives and soulmates from from her readings from her materials and when I took the mediumship course with Charles this was before she had her switch you know, into her fundamental Christian route that she took. So, um, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of a a shocker to me that, that she switched like that, you know, and, um, but her son still, he still, you know, practices his spirituality the way that he always has, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I always
0: get a lot of people who ask me questions because I use a lot of her decks and they will say, well, she says they're evil now. And I'll say, no, they were created with loving intention. And that is the way that I continue to use them. And I, I still believe that they're very valuable and helpful tools. And, you know, she could do a lot of wonderful things for people. So
1: she, she really did. She yeah, really did. And it's a lot, lot of great information that she was a good channel. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, everyone has their journey and that was that's hers. So. Yeah, Yeah, but I really, um, yeah, she she has really great information on angel numbers. That's the basis of where I learned how to interpret angel numbers um, from her. And I found that when I started studying angel numbers, of course, they start to appear to you more frequently because you become more aware of them. Um, And still to this day, you know, I see them all the time. So, yeah, they're, they're very fun all
0: the time, too. And so, a common one that people see often is 1111, mm-hmm. and we're getting ready to come upon the 1111 portal. So, what does the number 1111 mean if people are seeing that?
1: Right. So, the number one itself is a number of manifestation. And if you see 1111, 11, it means that you need to be aware of your thoughts because what you are currently thinking and projecting out is what you are drawing in. So in my experience, seeing 1111 can mean to you that you are having kind of a spiritual awakening in a sense that you are transforming a lot of your old beliefs into new ones. And it's also sort of like a encouraging sign that you are on, you know, the things that you are doing in the spiritual things you're studying are leading you down the right path. Um, A lot of people associate 1111 also to the soulmate connection. And that you're, if you're not already with a soulmate, that perhaps a soulmate is coming in or a twin flame. So um, those are the the more common 1111 meanings.
0: Okay. And so you mentioned soulmate and twin flame, and I know that you are you really like talking about that. So tell us a little bit more about that for if there's anyone out there listening okay. who doesn't know what a twin flame is or, or you know, I think a lot of people take soulmate as it always has to be a romantic partner. Like it's your one you're destined to, but that's not necessarily the meaning of soulmate either. So tell us a little right. bit more about that.
1: Okay. So yeah. So soulmates are anyone that you have basically reincarnated with in this in this lifetime that you have known from a previous life, lifetime. And you can find soulmates in the form of not just romantic partners, but also in the form of family members, in the form of friends, um, teachers, um, coworkers. Soulmates can be anyone, basically. It's someone that you recognize on the soul level as someone that you have been in another lifetime with at some point. Okay. And usually soulmates um, come into your life at certain times when you're going through a certain situation or you're learning about a certain um, thing that you're facing or an issue that you're dealing with. And a soulmate will come in to help you go through that period. Um, Sometimes soulmates come in your life and then they leave and soulmates can be with you for your entire life as well. So, It's just a general term that means it's someone that your soul recognizes from a previous life. Now, a twin flame is a different story. And this is quite an interesting story because I don't remember exactly when I started becoming interesting in twin flames. It's been a long time ago, I can tell you that. I think one of the first, it must have been Doreen's work and some of her books that she mentioned twin flames. And then I read the book, um, soulmates and twin flames by elizabeth claire prophet years ago and the premise here is that the difference between a soulmate and a twin flame is that a twin flame is actually the other half of your soul so it's basically like like having two parts of you reincarnate at the same time in this lifetime and some people want to make that necessarily mean it has to be a romantic connection. But it doesn't actually. In fact, a twin flame is someone that is the primary reason that you meet a twin flame. If you do in this lifetime, sometimes you don't. I mean, sometimes the other half of your soul chooses to be more of a spirit guide to you and stays in the spirit form and doesn't incarnate with you. But if you do meet this twin flame, and I feel like more and more people are now because of what we're going through on the greater spiritual level, and the ascension from the 3D to the 5D, um, they're going to cause you to have a spiritual awakening. That's the whole purpose of meeting your twin flame. Is to rock you to that core, basically. And a lot of people will experience having um, a dark night of the soul after meeting their twin flame. There's a lot of push-pull dynamics that go on where you you come together and then you and then you separate, but it's the thing that I'm learning more about actually now than I used to believe about twin flames is that you're not necessarily meant to be in union with that person.
0: That was the next just question meant, I was going to ask you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just meant to learn the lessons and to really, it's like the ultimate catalyst to wake you up to your spiritual awakening, to transform you.
0: You say like, at least when I'm, with clients before and they talk about someone who they think is their twin flame because it started this whole spiritual awakening but there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who kind of confuse that with like a toxic relationship you know what I mean and so they they're like mm-hmm. I have to be with this person because they're my twin flame but yet the person is very toxic to them and more like a narcissist you know and just doesn't treat them well so even if People are your twin flame. It it doesn't mean that you have to be in union. It just means they exhibited those behaviors to cause you to maybe wake up and realize your worth and that you need to love yourself and connect more to spirituality. That's more what it's about, right? Not necessarily. Exactly.
1: And you said the key words about love yourself. That's the ultimate thing that most people, especially people who are in a relationship with a, a narcissist, toxic type of relationship and that is the primary reason is because you have to learn your, your self-love and you have to remember um, that your your soul is where love resides. You are love and your soul is pure love, right? Your soul is love, your soul is consciousness, God is love, God is consciousness. Where people get stuck is the mind portion is where all of the duality exists between twin flames like the push pull and the love hate and you know the the codependency the narcissist the empath all of that exists within the mind level and so the reason that you're you're having this experience is because you're having to break through and dissolve that mind or ego as it's known in psychological terms, you have to break through that mind and that ego to get more centered and aligned with your soul. And that is finding true love. So people are looking for love outside of themselves. And they're thinking that they're going to have this ultimate romantic relationship with this other person who they feel this deep connection with. And it's like this person is mirroring to them, you know, what they're experiencing. And and the whole purpose is is to crack through to that true self-love core and to learn that. And you will find people who um, go through the process of, of separation and then they come back together after, after a period of time when they're both in, have found that true self-love. And it's like that true self-love causes those, that one soul to want to come back together. And then they you know are in what you call union, but it doesn't always happen. Yeah. Sometimes people don't want to be in that after they go through all of that and they realize, you know, what that twin flame, um, how much that twin flame hurt them or how toxic that was or, you know, that they don't want to be in that relationship. They choose to be in a soulmate relationship. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, everyone has their own journey. It's not, it's not like you can say it's a cookie cutter recipe to that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it is a very difficult journey. And um Mm it's interesting, you brought up a lot of really good points. And I've always felt like um, that, you know, twin flame journey, it's so, so complicated and difficult. But there's so many people out there now who like readers who just keep doing card readings, like for your twin flame, you know, and it's always like, they're coming back. And they, you know, I just feel like Your explanation was so much better because it doesn't mean that you're never going to find love. It has to start with you. And there's, I think, so many people want to skip that work. They don't want to work on the self love and they just immediately Mm want to jump into a relationship. And the problem is, if you continue to do that, you're just going to self sabotage each time because you're avoiding
1: the work. Like, you have to do that work. Absolutely. You self-sabotage because what happens is, is you become addicted to that person. It's almost like, um, you're, in a, it's almost like a drug addiction. It's like you've and you have all of this like energy and all of this like connection and your body feels it and you feel it on a really deep level. And that is exciting and passionate and, and you want more of that. So You're constantly seeking more of that, but then it comes to a point to where you're being shown the fear that comes up, the lack of trust that comes up, the, you know, the issues of codependency or abandonment from your childhood or whatever it is that comes to the surface for you to work on. And then that pulls you away, but then you have these like withdrawal symptoms because you're not getting that fix of that, you know, that validation of love that you so want from your twin flame, but that's not what it's about. And when people do that, they become That's the mind that's tricking them into wanting to stay in that loop. That ego is tricking them into wanting to stay there in that place of wanting more and more. And, and you have to break through that. You have to get to a place to where you're comfortable with yourself and you're getting all of that, that you thought you had to have from that person from yourself. That's what they're really there to show you is you have everything within you, you know? And then once you get to that place and you're in that place of, really peaceful zen self-love that's when you can attract true romantic love to you yeah and whether it's your twin flame or soulmate at that point I love
0: that because I've seen so many people who one minute they'll say I'm unhappy with my life I hate my life I don't like anything and then they meet somebody and then now life's wonderful and perfect and amazing and it's like okay it was it your life sucked just one second ago and it changed now Mm -hmm. because you met one person like to me you're putting all of your attention you're placing the responsibility of making yourself happy on someone else instead of making yourself happy exactly yeah and i've seen that so many times and i if there's one message I would love to get out to people it's that we're responsible for our own happiness like you can't find it in someone else
1: no you can't and you can't morph yourself into something that you're not to please someone because you think it's going to make them happy yeah and that's the pattern that you see with the you know with the the people who say they're twin flames are narcissists well they're narcissists because you're enabling that because you're trying to please them and you're morphing yourself into something that you're really not you know yeah, and that's that's where you know you lose your yourself and someone else. That's the codependency that you have to deal with, and the, and then becoming more of a you know more authentic. But yeah, it's it's a very good point that you brought up. And
0: so I've always thought or learned that with soulmates, so you usually make an agreement on the other side before you incarnate here mm-hmm. on uh, the Earth to learn some sort of lesson like to be here to help each other learn and grow and maybe to learn a particular lesson and i know you said sometimes your soulmates are with you for just a little while and sometimes they're with you for your entire lifetime here so tell us a little bit more about that and it's that am i correct in that thinking that we make contracts with our soulmates on the other side before we come here
1: yeah absolutely um there's a really good book about that, Sacred Contracts. Have you read that one by Caroline Miss? I
0: haven't. I haven't. I'm going to that Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. She talks a lot about um, how we make those sacred contracts before we incarnate. And, but I will say this, that sometimes people get caught up in that idea and they think that they have to put up with certain uh, behavior Um from people that uh, just because they have to fulfill the sacred contract, but you can always get out of a contract if you would like, you know, you can you can ask your spirit team to help you with that and to say, you know, I want to fulfill this now and be done with it. So to kind of, you know, speed it up if it's something that you're just not really capable of handling anymore. But most of the time, yes, you, um, and I also believe that you have like a soul family that you choose to incarnate with and it's like like a group of people that and it's not necessarily your your physical family it can be um you know just a group of people that you really um connect with resonate with go through life with with the same sort of outlook the same sort of you know spiritual beliefs and you're just all you know that your soul fam is always there for you you know and um so yeah there's there's definitely soul contracts that are made and once you kind of learn the lesson there then that person will usually leave your life unless it's someone that's in your soul family that needs to stay there for support now what can happen is you find yourself not learning a lesson and constantly drawing in people you know that show you the same thing like this happens in relationships a lot you know where you um keep attracting the same pattern of a type of person because you're not learning that lesson and the universe is just going to keep giving you that person in a different form and a lot of times it's even worse the next go-round just to sort of heighten it even more until you really get it you really get what you're supposed to get out of that and learn from that situation um, so yeah soulmates can be our biggest teachers for sure
0: yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> I think about my own life. And I'm like, wow, I chose to learn a lot in this lifetime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And children, I don't know if you have children, but children are some of the biggest soulmates oh, yeah, we have. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: learning a lot right now from them, but it's, it's yeah. incredible. And um, how do you, so I know you were talking about in your practice, you can work with past lives for people when you do Mm-hmm. Muscle testing and that's like to see where the pain is coming from is that correct like in their is to see
1: yeah it's to see if the pain or the pattern or whatever it is that we're looking at stems from something in their past life um when i muscle test i can say is this coming from something in the in utero that's usually where i start in utero and or childhood and then i go for but then if i don't get any hits you know pretty early on, like either in utero, childhood, teenage years, I'm not getting anything. Then I think, mm, there could be something going on here with past lives. So then I'll say, is this coming from a past life? And then if I get a hit and then we can go from there and sometimes you get really detailed information and sometimes it's just kind of vague, you know, it just depends on what that person's really open to receiving at that point. Um, and, and I can also do, I have been able to do past life regression Two ways I can do it through hypnotherapy, but I can also do it with muscle testing and asking the body, you know, okay, let's, let's start with, you know, we, we start with a general period of time. This is from, you know, we'll say the 1800s, is it go further back or whatever, you know, and you, you pinpoint a kind of a year. And, and then you use, you can use Google from that point and you can put in a year and you can put in like a specific part of it. Like I'll say, is it North of the equator, South of the equator? Is it earth? Is it a different, you know, planet, whatever it is. So you can get really kind of specific and out there if you want to, to get information about past lives using muscle testing. And that's interesting to do too. So Um,
0: I don't know that much about muscle testing. So let me uh, ask you about here. So when you do the muscle testing, is a muscle has a reaction in the body and that's how you know it's a yes or a no or or what, how are you using this? Example?
1: Yeah. Okay. So for instance, you're using something called a spinal reflex reaction. So the, the nervous system has nerves that, the spine has nerves that come out of it and go directly to the muscle to innervate it. And, and then that um, inhibiting reflex comes back to the spine. So that's called like a single um, reflex. Whereas in other words, it's not having to go up to the brain and come back down. So it's a local thing. So you, you're actually tapping into that local reflex. So you, what I do is I have the, my patients hold their, their arms straight out in front of them. So that's actually activating a muscle in the shoulder, okay, your, your anterior deltoid muscle. And you push down gently on the wrist area and you ha- tell them just to lightly resist. They don't have to like act like they're really trying to resist hard because then they're recruiting other muscles when they do that. So you're just lightly resisting it. And I've been doing this for so long, I've been doing this for over twenty years, what you're what you're trying to feel here, so there's that reflex is being um, innervated, innervated as you push down at that muscle, that nerve is firing the muscle and the muscle is contracting, okay? If you put something up to the body or you hold something in your hand and your body um, doesn't like it or your nervous system is picking up on the energy of what that is and it says, what is this? This is a threat to my nervous system. The nervous system will, for one split second, will shut off that reflex. And you can tell that it's been shut off because when you push on the arm, that shoulder muscle doesn't engage and the arm goes weak. So it's like a short circuiting for just a second it short circuits the energy the electricity going to that muscle and the muscle can't contract.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So that
1: makes sense. So that's kind of a short. Yeah, a short explanation of how. So when you're really good at it you can you can just simply ask the body questions and when the person hears the question their, resp- their nervous system is responding to what they are hearing as opposed to what you're holding and sensing with your hands. Gotcha. So
0: So it'll still have that same reaction as if it'll
1: still have that same reaction as if this is a threat. This information is a threat to my nervous system, you know? Wow. Yeah.
0: That's really interesting. And I truly do believe like we hold so much in our bodies, so much emotion and from past and whether it's our childhood or past lives, that it's not at all surprising or shocking that it comes out as like a physical manifestation of pain or even illness.
1: For sure. Absolutely. In fact, it even goes down into the cellular level. In fact, you can have patterns from your ancestors that you're holding deep in your in your um, cellular DNA. And there's a really good book that talks about that, um, The um, the Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. He goes a lot into how we come in with encoded in our DNAs with all of this. You know, it could be fear. It could be betrayal. It could be trauma. Whatever it is, it could come through your ancestral line, you know. And that's creating that blueprint there that you're already vulnerable to. Yeah, so then when you have a you know, yeah. And then when you have a situation that that resonates with that, um, then that's going to trigger that and it's going to be expressed. And it's going to be, you know, something that your your body is going to express even on a on a physical level. But yeah, you're exactly you're exactly right. And that we, I mean, you think about it, when you have. A major upset you feel it in your body you feel it in your stomach you feel it in your heart you feel it in your your limbs wherever it is that you feel it yeah and one of the best things to do when you're having an emotional reaction is to just kind of stop and ask yourself where am I feeling this in my body and then you center on that feeling in your body and you just without any judgment of that feeling you ask yourself what is what is does this feeling have a texture does it feeling have a color does it does it have a a name or a word or anything associated with it it's just a way to desensitize it without any judgment Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah i really
0: think that that's an interesting approach and i i would love to see that in action sometime
1: (laughs) yeah i would love to have you come see me that'd be great oh we can i can do stuff over the phone too virtually
0: that's working with them
1: I love that how a lot of
0: people now are able to do things like online and online sessions, because, you know, I think so many people have this misconception that energy, like you have to be in person with the practitioner in order for it to work, but energy can move through anywhere. So a lot of virtually. In,
1: In fact, I find as the practitioner, a lot of times I find it's easier for me to, um, tap into people's energy virtually because there's less distraction when yeah. they're there with you physically, there's, there's more of a physical distraction to all of your senses. You're, you know, you're seeing them and you're smelling them, you're, you know, whatever you're t- feeling them. And it's like a little bit more bombardment of your own nervous system. So when you have a little bit of detachment there, it's a little easier to clear your channels and to allow the information to come through.
0: Yeah. that That's yeah. total sense. So I'd love to talk to you more about angel numbers too, because I know that's another thing that you're pretty passionate about. And we talked about 1111, but what are some common angel numbers that people might be seeing? um, And and what do those mean when you see them? Yeah.
1: So yeah, 1111 is probably the first one that people sort of get attached on to. And then 444 was one that I really um, learned about early on because it has to do with the angels. It means that the angels are around you. And the angels are supporting you in, in what you're going through. And um, it's just sort of confirmation that you're not going through anything alone. Um, so that's my, one of my favorite ones is the 444 number. Um, another one people see a lot is 333. And 333 has to do with um, the like your spirit team, your guides, your ascended masters, your guardian angels, that they're assisting you. And basically that um, you've got support, you know, um, from even on this, even from not just a spiritual level, but the physical level, Uh, then the number 777, seven means that you're on the right path. So it's kind of like a synchronicity sign that saying, yeah, you know, you're doing it right. Don't worry. Things are going to work out. You're on the right path. And um, that's a popular one. Uh, What else? 222 is keep the faith. It's like a reminder that to trust that things are going to work out that the universe has your back you know not to self-doubt not to self-sabotage that's a that's an important one um 555 is that there's a major life change happening or you're about to go through a major life change uh it's it's kind of like saying you know wake up because something's about to shift in your in your reality Um, and then 888 is abundance So that's sort of, that's a really good one to see, like that tells you that, oh, abundance is coming in or you're manifesting, you know, um, some abundance into your life. So yeah, there's just, there's a lot of the the different ones that you can, basically you can learn the roots from zero to nine, what each number means. I'm actually getting ready. I'm working on a course right now, an online course that I'm going to have available. It'll teach you that, what the root of each number is. And so even when you see numbers that aren't necessarily the same number, like, like you could see a number like two, three, four or four, six, nine, you know, or three, six, nine, or something like that. You can by knowing what the root of each of those numbers mean, you can form the general consensus of the whole number. So so let's take a number. Just give me a, a three digit number that's not the same number. Okay.
0: How about
1: five, four, two? Five, four, two. Okay, so five means change. Four means the angels. Two means faith, okay so to me, if I hear five four two, it's someone who's going through a lot of change and they're really struggling and they're having a hard time and they're doubting that they're making the wrong decisions on everything, and it's really shaking them up. so if you see five four two it's like saying, Don't worry, have faith. The angels are guiding you. ask your angels for help, ask your guides for help, and they will show you ways to get you through this, that you're gonna come through this so I love that. That's what I would say for five four
0: two. Yeah. That's perfect yeah. message too. I love that. Great. <laughs> oh good. <laughs> yeah, because we yeah. see, you know, 555 five, five, and we think change, but change doesn't always have to be a bad thing. It's just that for many of us, we see it as negative because mm-hmm. it's unknown. And I right. think that's why most people fear it because you don't know what's going to happen, but to me, I always feel like, well, if it's change and it's divinely guided, it's brought to you, it's going to be for your
1: highest good. Exactly. I like to look at it as that you are breaking through some old patterns that are taking you to the next level when you're, when you see five, 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 because that's really what is happening. It's like your spirit is, um, you know, telling you that you're, you're breaking through some old unconscious patterns that are no longer serving you and you're coming through, you're going to come through, you know, stronger because of it. Yeah, I love that for sure. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I love that, too. And I love whenever I see um, I had a mentor who called them angel winks. And I love that, too, because it's such a reassurance to me when I'm stressing about something and then I see the number and it's like, okay, chill out. (laughs) Your angels have got exactly a reminder, you know, just remember who you are and, and that everything always works out for you.
1: So, yeah, and like, like, for, like you'll see numbers all the time, you know, you'll go throughout your day and you'll look at the clock and you might see 111. And then you look again later, you might see 444 four, four, and then, you know, whatever. And then the next day you might see 222. Two, 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 two. So you'll be seeing all these numbers and just seeing the numbers itself is a sign of a synchronicity. And it's just a sign that um, that you're, you know, having spiritual awakening. But every once in a while, you will see a specific number. And this happened to me the other day, I saw the number 62, three times in a row from three different places, very rapidly in, in, in um, succession. Like I looked down on the, on the ground and there was a parking ticket right outside my car. It said 62. Then I got in my car and the temperature was 62. Then I looked on my phone and it was 626 or something the time. And I was like, what is up with 62? So right away I went and I uh, like tapped into my intuition and I'm like, okay. What is this number telling me, you know? And so I, I got the message that I needed to hear, you know, from 62. So that's something that you can be aware of. It's like, you'll have like the general numbers that you'll see all the time. And it's just kind of like, yeah, it's just, yeah, we're here. Don't forget, we've got you. But then when they have a specific message they're trying to get across, you'll see it very uh, repeatedly. And usually in three, if you see anything, not just numbers, anything in threes, that's your spirit team getting your attention right there
0: that's how you know yeah yeah the 3s itself if you have three 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 isn't that number that has to has to do with like the ascended masters being with you and Mm -hmm. uh, trying to teach you something so that's like a wake up like get your attention as you're learning
1: yeah right because three is this is a sacred number in geometry the triangle is the the most sacred shape shape of sacred geometry. The three points of the triangle. So and and the trinity and Christianity and you know there's lots of other um, religious associations with the number three. So it's it's a very overall sacred number. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 that means ascension. It means that you're you're ascending to into your soul's next level. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: that's exciting, but it's right. not always easy. <laughs> Those
1: that are no, it's very not. Tough. <laughs> It is. Yeah. Because you're having to face a lot of the shadows that are coming up and you're having to, to really um, feel a lot of the feelings and the emotions behind those shadows. Yeah. And that can be, you know, very, very hard and very, very devastating to deal with, but it's, it's a, it's a good thing eventually once you get through it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It is light (laughs) at the end of that dark tunnel.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, for sure.
0: Well, I have loved our conversation today, and I know that you do offer courses and you do work with people. So if there's anyone out there listening who wants to follow you or maybe is interested in one of your courses or offerings, what's the best way for them to
1: follow you? Sure. So I have my website is uh, Light, all spelled out, and .com. And on that website, you'll find my services page, which includes um, links to one of my current courses that I'm doing is how to open your third eye. Um, and I'm soon going to be having the angel number course up on there. It's not quite finished yet. And also there's, um, there's links that you can purchase one-on-one sessions with me. If you want to do energy work over the phone, if you want to do a card reading, if you um, want to do some hypnotherapy, all of those are there on my website. If you want to follow me on social media, uh, my biggest social media platform I use is Instagram. And my handle there is spirit doc doc so spirit doc four four four, and that's that's primarily um, the only social media platform that I that I use on a regular basis. So
0: nice angel number up there.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. I did that too. Mine's Melissa Oatman 222 on uh, Instagram. So I love it. Love it.
1: (laughs) Perfect. That's great.
0: (laughs) We're going to have all those links in the show notes too. So you guys can just go there directly and click on any of those links. And I would love to have you come back sometime and talk about, Opening your third eye because I love that too. I love people being connected more to their intuition because it just makes life so much more fun and magical when you know how to manifest and how to really, you know, we have all of the answers ourselves, just learning how to tap into that to get our own
1: absolutely
0: habits. yeah
1: yeah i'd love to come back and talk about that anytime because i'm very passionate about that and mm-hmm. and i think i have kind of some proprietary ways that um, a lot of people don't talk about or teach to help with opening up the third eye so awesome
0: well yes, yeah and you're definitely coming back we will uh, arrange that <laughs> once we are perfect done here. awesome well thank you All so right. much this was again just a fun conversation i truly
1: enjoyed having you thank you for being with us today I thoroughly enjoyed being here and thank you for inviting me on your show, Melissa. You have a wonderful day, too.
0: Thank you. And thank all of you for joining us today. I hope that you have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. Remember, if you would like to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaopen.com. You can join us on Patreon where you will see the video of this interview. And I'm also now doing live card readings and live master classes from my Patreon page. So join us there. I'm sending you guys so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye guys.